Greetings, it's Dave Zorko with Saturday Omaha, your connection to food, friendship, and the restaurant industry people that make it happen in Omaha and elsewhere. Oh yes, it's pasta and mozz stick time as TJ and I traverse the menu of Malara's Italian restaurant at 2123 Pierce Street in Omaha. I've eaten at Malara's over the years, as has TJ, but they haven't been presented within the Saturday Omaha ethos until this episode. We canvas the menu to present multiple plates to you, and we are thankful for the kind service received at the restaurant. We'll dig into this neighborhood gem, serving Omaha diners since 1984, and dig into dishes from spaghetti and delicious sauce to TJ's nostalgic take on a salad. Hang on to your fork, stay right where you are, and Saturday Omaha will be right back. Keep listening if you're hungry. You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Saturday Omaha. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Hey TJ, yeah Dave. You know this episode has been. Uh, I usually say like a long time in the making or in the making or or those things, but um, there's definitely been a lot of making of things and arrangements that we had to do to actually put this episode on wax, as it were, as they used to say back in the day, on the chain wax. Yes, that is correct. We had to we had to get it there, and I will try not to smile any larger than I am right now. But that said. Uh, the restaurant for which we will be talking about today, and let, let's just get that out there just fast before before things happen, is Malara's Italian Restaurant, located at twenty one twenty three Pierce Street, Omaha, Nebraska, in an excellent Pierce Street zip code, at least in in the twenty fourth Street type area of six eight one zero eight, is where we are talking about. But TJ, you and I have eaten at Malara's um, at least several times. Before this current adventure, for which uh, I actually went twice, I got some takeout. I also dined in. I know that you went uh, heavy, <laughs> like you do. The the only way I know how to go. Indeed, on on the dine in. But uh, you and I have eaten here before, and this is this is kind of an Omaha institution, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what I think is kind of fun is. Is that you know we do try to eat at some of the new places. You and I have have very recently uh, went to a very very new place, which uh, there will be an episode about. And uh, what's nice is I won't name it because that way, if people are listening to these episodes in random or something like that on their podcast player, or maybe they just haven't caught a caught a caught a recent radio episode, it won't matter. But the point is, is it's nice to hit some places also that are. Omaha staples that have been here a while, and um, Malara's uh, being ensconced in the Pierce Street location, I believe, uh, right around 1984-ish type area, a uh, women-run business, which is cool there, and uh, providing awesome Italian food. And let's talk about the, the location, definitely tucked away a little bit right off of 24th and Pierce, in uh, what looks like a, a house. It looks like a house in the middle of a neighborhood. Yes, I would like to welcome you all to Malara's, the Stealth Bistro. <laughs> and uh, you, you can have that, Malara's, copyright free. It's all yours. It definitely looks like a, a little bit larger than uh, most houses in yes. the area, but it's a house. 
It's absolutely a house from the outside. There's some signs telling you that it's an Italian restaurant. Right. But you're going to think those signs are lying because <laughs> it's a house. And then you step into Malara's and all of a sudden it's not a house. Oh. Because it's bigger on the inside. Something about Wait relative dimensions in space. I don't know about time or copyright infringement. Oh. So <laughs> it, it, let's say it seems bigger on the inside. Yes. Uh, you, you walk in. Uh, I, I think you can walk in from, from both entrances. So you may or may not walk past the bar. But regardless, ah, yes. you will either either walk in on the bar side and it, and it feels kind of... Uh, uh, Old timey steakhouse Italian bistro kind of kind of thing happening, and and either step down from that entrance or from the other uh-huh. into the main dining room, which is you know a very very much uh, uh, long standing Italian bistro feel. A lot oh, of yes. a lot of brick happening. A, a village inside, as it yes, were, with uh, with lamp posts and all. Yes, and the I assume original uh stamped metal ceiling which is kind of rare to see the the real deal running around like it has that proper uh italian restaurant institution feel yes um i'm I'm not quite sure if we're talking huh i would compare it to venice inn uh maybe not quite as sprawling a feel for a restaurant okay but that that kind of era that kind of feel a yeah. little bit um, and certainly surprising to enter into that from the street of course now we've overhyped it and ruined the surprise but darn it it's nice <laughs> and it's it's interesting to walk into every time it makes me just a little bit happy the uh, the juxtaposition of the house versus uh, lovely brick interior the the interior you know like you said and, and by institution we mean you know long-standing Omaha uh, location, not necessarily, uh, certainly not a uh, governmental or other otherwise. Uh, yes, it, I suppose it, it does not so. feel institutional. <laughs> no, it 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 is a long-standing uh, Omaha. F- yes, fixture. Yes, a, a, somewhere so, something that has been here for some time. It it is one of the uh, um, a a true Italian bistro and one that's been around for a while. We uh, you know with. The closing of the Coniglia's locations, it's it's one of the few remaining uh, that has, I would say, this kind of feel to it. And and I do like, there's there's an element of, of comfort food to the atmosphere. Oh, yes, yes, indeed, indeed. A, 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 certainly a welcoming uh, environment located within. So um, I suppose then, so now... People know where it is. They know how long it's been there. And in addition to that, uh, what the uh, the inside-outside juxtaposition is indeed. Uh, they are open for lunch most days. And, of course, uh, as uh, most most restaurants at the moment, and I would say anything, do do check their hours. Just see staffing uh, situations and things like that have been a little up, up and down. Um, but for the most part, they are open for lunch most days. I don't believe they are on Saturday, which is the classic Saturday time and, and date, of course. Uh, Saturday and Saturday kind of being linked together. But that's okay. Most other days you can find them there, and I do believe they are open for Saturday dinner. So one could assemble the... Uh, the Avengers and or anyone else that you'd like to assemble and uh, go forth and conquer some food. But speaking of food, TJ, we should probably talk about some food. Now, if I recall, you got some 
large assortment of main dishes, uh, in excess of one for sure. And I made a couple of different trips to uh, get a variety of things. But uh, I, I believe you, you kind of had a note on that, TJ, and that as part of the show, as part of Saturday, we often do what we refer to as a the thing. And the thing is ordering pretty much the entire menu because we want to get a good sampling because we want to give you, our listeners, the correct overview of the menu and some things to uh, nibble and nosh on and choose from so it's not just a, a one-item show because, wow, that would be a really long show about one item. It'd have to be really amazing. Yes, Dave, we wouldn't want to talk for a ridiculously long time about any uh, one given item, and so I ordered a selection of things, and I did the mm. thing, but Malara's uh, was somewhat merciful to me in that you can have half orders of things. Uh-huh. So I ordered half entrees of three things, which if you didn't tell me they were half orders, I would believe they were full entrees, mm. and we will get into that in uh, in portion size later, but I got myself some spaghetti marinara with uh, with a fairly good-sized meatball there. Yeah. Uh, the spinach tortellini uh-huh. uh, with the chicken filling and a white cream sauce. I believe you have options of at least two sauces. There might be a third in there. I do Goodness. not have the menu in front of me, but I had it with the white cream sauce yes. and an order of pasta carbonara. Goodness so gracious. We, I, I, I got those three things, and yes. those will be the ones I am talking about today, those three things. With that said, yes. Dave, I'd like to discuss a fourth thing. Uh, wait a minute. That one, two, th- I mean, it does naturally come after three, four does, but I, I, I mean, yeah. what's that fourth thing? <laughs> well, Dave, every yeah. one of those entrees came with a dinner roll, a, okay. a tasty, warm Rotella's dinner roll, and a salad. A salad. And I know that we normally don't talk about salads on Saturday. Not uh, if they're epic salads, we do. Right. Um, so I am going to talk about my standard iceberg side salad with house dressing. Wow. Okay. Let let me have it. Well, there's something about an oldie-timey iceberg salad. <laughs> now, growing up, and I think uh, demographically speaking, in, in terms of the number of people who are, are of age to remember iceberg in their youth, it was popularized somewhere in the 1920s. And really, as I recall, at least around here, I didn't start seeing like a lot of leaf lettuces and interesting greens and spring mixes until like... I don't know, the the mid to late 90s was when you started seeing restaurants diversify, as I recall. Mm. So I think most people will uh, will have quite a few memories, fond or often otherwise, of iceberg lettuce being everywhere. Huh. Um, it's very simple. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of its own flavor. Nope. It is sometimes bitter. Um, at best, it's kind of bland and crunchy. <laughs> that's, yes. that's really what it's for, is uh. to be bland and crunchy. Yeah. Now that, best served in a wedge with a savory dressing, which this really wasn't that either. It is the standard, you know, iceberg uh, mix with a few little bits of maybe carrot or uh, or cabbage or shredded in there, cabbage. Just, just hiding in there. Yeah. And it came with uh, house dressing, which is a, I, I suspect, a little bit of sweetness vinaigrette, uh, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly, but uh, fairly minimal on that. It is mostly a vinaigrette, um, a little heavy yes. on the black pepper, which I really liked. And there's something about sitting in a proper Italian restaurant type of place, mm-hmm. um, be it bistro or steakhouse or what have you, and having that salad, which now that it is an option... 
Now that I don't have to deal with iceberg lettuce being everywhere, I can get romaine and spring mix and all these things. It's not just constantly a part of my existence. Mm -hmm. I will admit some nostalgia oh my. for this little iceberg salad. Mm. And the dressing was pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a weird guy in reference, especially to uh, anything containing vinegar, mm -hmm. uh, vinaigrettes, pickle juice, mustard. I will consume them straight, and I will tell you, as a shot, this dressing would have <laughs> some merits. Uh -huh. I, I kind of dig this stuff, and it was just a nice way to start off the meal. Also, points to the wait staff on this. I, I kind of outlined that I'd be sampling some things, ordering a lot of different entrees, and the, uh, the waitress being... Uh, sympathetic to my uh, my potential plight <laughs> your gastronomic in, yeah, plight in, in attempting to uh, consume this large quantity of food thought you know maybe just the one salad to save a little bit of room so i received my one salad and then the other two salads since i ordered three half entrees uh -huh. were packed neatly with dressing on the side in a to-go bag with the dinner rolls for later consumption potentially with the leftovers I <laughs> I, That's some consideration right I, there. I also I also like that in my head somewhere because I know you didn't have a Saturday business card to just like throw down on the table because we don't do that. We just go in and, and eat like anyone else because that's why we're here is to bring you that experience. But somehow you got the most Saturday option of saving you some work because the thing that was made to go was your zero-calorie iceberg lettuce, and the things that remained on the table were the three large entrees. I just I just find that funny somehow in my head. I I, I do have to say, though, that um, I, I, I need to set the stage for this salad so that people do know what to expect a little bit, because while it did tick a nostalgia box for you, uh, I would say, and, and Danelle, who also ate uh, during this uh, time frame and went and had this salad, I need to relay this. Um, did did our, our dear friend Omaha Fatty have a reasonable opinion of this iceberg lettuce? Yes. I, I, I need to get this out there that this is very much some iceberg lettuce in some dressing. Misery, Bob. And I also feel, and I don't know, that the lettuce and dressing combo is prepared before mealtime because the lettuce seemed for me to to result in a little bit of softness and may not have as much crunch as, oh, just straight lettuce and dressing in a bowl. I also have to say that I do really like this dressing. And for me personally, I don't care if the lettuce is not quite up to scratch on what I might really want in a perfect lettuce scenario because I really like the dressing. And yes, I would drink the dressing straight out of the bowl and just have the lettuce be some type of vegetal carrier of the lettuce. I'm, I'm going to say maybe there was a faux pas on the way in or something because my, my wait staff, like me, my salad was fresh. But, well, this is this is good. And, and so it's varying experiences. Yes. But at, at the end of the day, Iceberg lettuce in a bowl. I iceberg with, lettuce with, with tasty dressing. Yes, and and you do get the Rotella's roll, which uh, you know, longtime Omaha natives or maybe short time Omaha natives, you probably had a Rotella's roll. It's a decent roll. It's warm. Put some butter on it. Enjoy it. Dave here. In case you just joined us, we are talking all about Malara's Italian restaurant at twenty one twenty three Pierce Street in Omaha. Please feel free to envision deep red tomatoey sauce goodness while we take a quick break. 
Welcome back to Saturday Omaha. Dave Zorko here, and today TJ and I are talking all about the food at Malara's Italian Restaurant at 2123 Pierce Street in Omaha. Whatever you order there, just make sure there's some of that deep red tomato sauce on one of your table's dishes. But let's get on to the show here on Saturday Omaha. But we better get to some like heavier items um, on this menu. Uh, TJ, since you went for the like three item maneuver, do, do you want to tell us about a, a plate of something? Sure. We'll we'll start off with the easy one. Um, okay. Spaghetti marinara. Ah, uh, yes. With a big old meatball. Oh, yeah. It, it is worth pointing out. And the, the primary draw, I think, of uh, of Malara's is they are hand making, I think, all of their pasta. Certainly most, but I believe all of their pasta. Mm-hmm. And I, I read uh, one reviewer while I was going through and, and seeing what other people think to kind of balance my own opinion and, and whether or not uh, things had changed since I'd been there last. Uh, one reviewer pointed out, they make it fresh. You can taste how fresh it is, and you absolutely can. Sort of teaser for things to come, depending on uh, whether or not you're listening to the show uh, live or uh, perhaps in the podcast back catalog. But we have not uh, yet published um, some interesting materials on pasta making. Mm. But uh, since going through uh, that set of scenarios and educational content, uh, I am more aware of the structure of my pasta. Uh-huh. And and I could tell, you know, a little bit uh, toothsome. I, I think I could feel the, the layers on this just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say fold it at least once or twice. Um, it just, it had a very nice texture to it. Yeah. Um, I have done prior to this, during the uh, the 2020 situation that shall not be named, <laughs> I was forced to DoorDash for uh, for quite a few days. <gasps> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> not not even Omaha Loco, man. So I I have had it takeout, and I will say it uh, it keeps as well as as pasta can be expected to. Yeah, um, you know, sauce absorbs that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Certainly, eat in you you can kind of tell it was uh, prepared with love. Just mm. just the right amount of al dente, the right amount of sauce saturation um the sauce from what i recall may have changed a little bit so long time uh connoisseurs of malara's may notice something a little bit different because my my assessment the very first time i went Mm -hmm. was whatever herb cheese combination which i have since learned uh uh, probably just parmesan and parsley are, are the primary uh top notes okay in the original chef boyardee recipe oh my that was once a delicious thing made by a chef and then later put into a can. It, it is a real Italian uh, idea. This, this was uh, the first, first few times I've had it mm-hmm. many years ago was, oh, that's what that would taste like if it were made fresh and delicious. So I did have that memory going in, and I will hmm. say some of the uh, urban cheese notes are either turned down a little bit uh, versus what I remember, or there's a slightly different profile to it. What it was, more than anything else, was a fairly rich tomato sauce. Mm. Um, it wasn't overwhelmingly like anything specific. Like uh, a lot of the, the Coniglia sauces, you notice that uh, that anise flavor, oh, yeah. especially Heavy the Mr. C's sauce went a little harder on that than, yes. uh, than the other locations. It's not hyper-distinctive, but it is... Very thick and very rich and complements the pasta nicely. I get that hit of tomato sauce, mm-hmm. that that 
uh, palate-encompassing umami experience. Ooh, umami. And then, and then the pasta, a little bit more subtle, comes in behind. Taste, texture, I really do like it. Um, it's, again, nothing, nothing exotic about it. I just enjoy it. It's, it's a nice taste and texture thing. And then the meatball on top is yes. quite possibly the oh. best meatball I've ever had. What? I, I've had a That's few with, uh, you know, some nice uh, almost caramelization on the outside, some, some of that Maillard uh, char uh, uh, type of stuff happening. Sure. This did not have that, but it was a good soft blend, uh, not too heavy on any one thing. Whatever went into it, be it a combination of meats and, and you know, your, your binders and whatever, yeah. whatever happened to it, it, it felt, I hate to say homogenous. Um, because that that uh, conjures images of blandness, which it certainly was not. It was very nicely spiced, but there was something about not too soft, not too firm, perfectly moist all the way through, fully oh, blended. I yeah. I wasn't picking out like lots of individual ingredients. Uh-huh. It was just a tasty, savory experience. It's just a really good plate of spaghetti and meatballs. That's an interesting point about the textural differences because I've definitely had meatballs where something happens to the outside and it becomes a tough husky outside with a semi-soft interior. And the fact that you got a a globally encompassing sphere of uh, tastiness uh, from each hemisphere to hemisphere and uh, region to region, that's that's pretty nice there. That That sounds good. It was actually kind of odd and, and unique because I'm used to, I can usually pick out that there's a blend of different meats involved or if it's a straight up ground beef, I can taste that it's a straight up ground beef. Uh-huh. I notice a little bit more herb here and less there. Uh, frequently, I'm, I'm aware of, of how much binder there is. There's there's enough going on in a good size meatball that you can you can find those differences and it's it can be interesting. But there's something just a little perfect about this, and yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten the meatballs at Malara's before, so oh I can't. My. Your mileage may vary. I'm not guaranteeing that this happens every time, but I'm willing to do more research. That's that's excellent, and I I'm gonna comment on the sauce because obviously the the sauce is featured kind of throughout, and it actually was featured in both dishes that I had. Uh, I will also comment that the pasta itself is definitely enjoyable to eat. It is definitely you. You can tell a Malara's noodle, a spaghetti noodle, when you see one. It's almost, I, I would tell you, it has trending square corners almost. Um, it is It is not a perfect uh, cylinder uh, as some uh, spaghetti noodles seem to be. It seems like it has a little more edge to it, just, just a hair. And maybe that's how they're cutting it or whatever they're say, doing. Yeah, I would say cut, not extruded. Yeah, but it's awesome, and I really enjoy eating it very, very much. So on the on the sauce, I do find a couple of elements. One is its striking red color. Um, if you head out to our socials, if you like that type of thing, uh, which we would love you to go check out some photos out there. But anyway, there's a picture of my plate and the untouched photo. The redness and deep color of that tomato sauce is just pronounced. Um, I would tell you that it is at once sweet, but has a tomato acidic bite to it. It is a present sauce. It is just there. And and having had Millar's maybe a few more times than you, I'm not sure. 
I don't feel that the sauce has changed. This is a sauce that I am most familiar with uh, throughout my my many trips there over the years, and so I, I don't feel like things have changed. And I I could tell you I. I, yeah, I'll put that out there. If you were to give me a spoonful of Malara's sauce blindfolded, I'd probably taste and go, hey, that's Malara's sauce. It's pretty dang good. It's very thick. It is also a, a well uh, stewed or blended sauce. It's it's not a chunky sauce. It is a very smooth sauce, uh, which allows it to hang out with those noodles quite nicely. And it's, it's very delic- delicious. And I look forward to having this sauce at Malarsk. It is it is a very good sauce in my humble opinion here. Yes, and uh, I we're we're probably going to spend more time on this actually the the uh standby dishes cuz that's that's kind of what I want. Yeah. When I'm going to Malara's and mm-hmm. you actually bring up a couple of points. Uh one, I believe you have been to Malara's actually quite a bit more than I have. Maybe there so. there is a multi-year gap between my last two visits. Ah. And Almost all of my other visits. And like way back. And it has nothing to do with Malara's. It has to do with, you know, that one friend, that one that, that that's kind of tangential. Oh, yeah. And, and you think, hey, I like that person. Uh-huh. I should call them or hang out. Yeah. And then you don't because you're an adult and life happens. And, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, yep. months later, years later, hey, why don't I hang out with this person? I should go spend time with that person. Uh-huh. That would be neat. And then you don't. Malara's is that restaurant for me. I see. Like, Malara's sounds really good. I'd like some tasty handmade pasta. So it again, nothing to do with Malara's. I like Malara's. This this is a known quantity. Um, but there is that big gap there. So taste memory may be playing uh-huh. tricks on uh-huh. me there. Additionally, yes, very... Uh, very much both rich and that uh, that tomato bite. Mostly, my my yeah. first thoughts when biting into it were, I would like to know what kind of tomatoes they're using. Yeah, because of the way tomatoes ship, canned is almost always superior to fresh unless you're growing them in the backyard. Sure. So I would like to know what brand this is because the, the <laughs> first thing that came to mind was was Muir Glen or for those who have used them, uh, Red Gold or Red Pact, depending on uh, which side of the uh, – if, if you're if you're in the north or south end of the country, it has it goes by two different names around here. You usually find it Red Gold, but it has that, that deep richness, that savory tomato flavor. I'm a Cento guy myself, but the great part is, is – and just to be clear, uh, this show, nor TJ or I – get any endorsements from any of those tomato companies. Quite. These are just what we tend to pick up when we're out. I yeah, pick... something something tasty went in, or they are really good at stewing tomatoes in general, and something yeah. generic went in, who knows? But it's exactly what it should be. And that, that might even be, you might hear that come up in my, my summary as well. I just, I go in thinking spaghetti and meatballs, yeah. a traditional dish, well done, and this hits that mark. I, I would agree with you. And of course, I'm going to talk about something that is known for its marinara sauce similarly that I had, which of course is mozzarella sticks. There's a side of sauce, but the Malara's mozzarella stick is a, I'm going to say a must have uh, when you go to Malara's, at least for the very, very first time, because they are not the, oh, we took them out of the bag and poured them in the fryer mozzarella stick. Oh, no. These are a very different animal. They are a pasta-based mozzarella stick, 
And from what I gather on the preparation here, they actually take some of their pasta, then stuff that with a whole load of mozzarella, and then bread and fry them. They are large, they are toothsome, and they are cheesy. They have an al dente type tooth feel without being that insane just over crispiness that happens. And there's a lot of cheese that's in these things. They are unique. They are delicious. I think you get uh, right around, I'm going to say maybe five or six to an order, something along those lines. Pretty pretty big around, actually. Maybe maybe the size of a an Expo uh, whiteboard marker, maybe a little bit shorter, but about that diameter, uh, about as big around as a quarter, maybe, give or take. Anyway, the point is, is that they are delicious. And if you have not had these at Millar's yet, I, I think these are a definite must. Just enjoyable, their own take, and something different where you're not getting the, um, you know, not there's anything wrong with a, you know, bag of food service appetizers because sometimes that's just delicious but when you've got something putting you know someone putting some heart and attention and those type of things into a dish I think uh, I think that's a really nice way to go and I really enjoy the mozzarella sticks quite a bit so TJ what was a uh, a secondary entree that you got I got yes. the uh, spinach tortellini Ooh. Uh, with chicken filling I have not had these and the white cream sauce okay the tortellini is, as you would expect, tortellini. It is the the Malara's pasta, a lot thicker. Okay, I think it's probably difficult to uh, to fold that uh, softer, you know, kind of doughier pasta uh-huh. into a tortellini shape than it would be with your your very dry kind of factory extruded thing, hmm. which I like the very dry factory extruded thing as well. This is a very different experience for tortellini, a very different mouthfeel. You do still get that uh, that sort of complicated shape yeah. hitting your tongue. You can bite into a little bit or, or imbibe a uh, full bite of, you know, a, a single tortellini in a, a full bite. So you, you kind of get the mouthfeel you're expecting a little, but it's much more of a softer doughy kind of experience interesting it's a good deal thicker the ratio of pasta to filling is much higher on the pasta side which normally i would not be as much of a fan of okay but it was such a nice comfort food experience i would say even more so than spaghetti marinara because despite the spaghetti marinara being uh, very familiar and very savory this is just a, a sizable bite of like pillowy goodness. Ooh. The chicken filling tasted like chicken filling. There there were spices in there. There was chicken. It was fairly tasty and fairly savory, but given the ratio, I almost had to concentrate to pick out the flavor. Interesting. It is, it is just a component of your your individual piece of tortellini. It's not kind of a a feature on its own like filling usually would be okay. in this type of preparation. It's a big bite of, of pasta-y goodness that just so happens to have some meat involved. Was it very herb forward or herb present? Was there like a lot of like a basil wham or something like nope. that? Or, oh, it's just very mild. Yeah, it's uh, it, it played nice with uh, with the sauce, which we'll talk about momentarily here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I again, nothing... Nothing stood up and slapped me. Okay. Um, including, uh, there might have been a little bit more earthiness to the pasta due to the spinach, but mostly it just kind of added a nice color. Oh. Um, 
definitely savory. Again, well-spiced, but I would have trouble picking out exactly what Which, was in it. Okay. It was just a savory, tasty chicken and pasta bite. Again, texture here, which when I order tortellini, it's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Not normally this sort of pillowy texture is is what I'm expecting. Yeah. But I am glad that I got it. I'm also glad that I got it with the white sauce, which is not to be confused with an Alfredo sauce. Think think more on the bechamel end of things. Ooh la la. A, uh, a fairly... Thick, but not too much so, uh, well, white sauce. It's more of a butter sauce than it is anything oh. else. Like, uh, this is the best description I have. Okay. And I'm going to put a thought that doesn't belong next to the other thought oh my. together, but bear with me. <laughs> I, okay. In, in the way that sweet cream ice cream uh, tastes like... Ice cream, oh. but in, in its in its barest form. Yeah, it's that flavor of cream, the little, the earthiness, the butteriness, elegant simplicity, kind of. Yeah. Okay. And I was I was expecting something cheesy. Again, it plays very nicely. It is huh. extremely comfort foody. It has a very buttery cream, ever so slightly earthy taste to it. Interesting. Um. How much was cream? How much was thickener? What what all was happening there? I couldn't tell you. It was certainly a a more. Hmm, I was going to use a V word for this, but that would make it sound gloopy. It was not. Got you. Um, again, it, it it's on that bechamel end of things. It doesn't have that kind of protein, uh, heavy you know cheese okay. sauce feel to it. Yeah. The sauce is almost a little bit. Pillowy. Interesting. I imagine if it was not hot and fresh, it would be problematic. Uh, I don't think I would order this sauce takeout. And maybe it reheats gloriously, wouldn't know, ate it all at the table. <laughs> but I, I would say this one is probably an eat-in, and if you have multiple things coming to you and one of them has this white sauce, eat that. Yeah, take the white sauce first. Okay. I think it's going to be the thing that, that most needs to be hot, fresh, and, and good to go, and that's going to be where your experience lies with this thing. Well, and if it's not so heavy and not so... Because you said the ingredients within the tortellini were very mild, so if the sauce is also mild, then that way hopefully you can detect some of the insight there. Right. You you get that you get that hit of butter and, and that feel, of that yeah. kind of rich mouth feel of the sauce, and then you get the spinach pasta, and then you get the chicken filling in that order. So all of those things are distinct. Again, I did have to kind of kind of take a, a careful bite yeah. and think about the filling to, okay. to pick out the flavor of the filling. It's, it's more as a whole, but you do get that one, two, three uh, hit of flavor. In terms of the sauce being thick versus light, uh, it's almost both. Again, I'm, I'm going to put something that is uncharacteristically sweet and the wrong mental image for this, but in the way that a really good buttercream is at once heavy and rich and also light and fluffy, it kind of does that. Not to the same extent where there's a bunch of air whipped into it, but there's something about it where, again, the sauce itself is almost pillowy. I, I would be afraid to let this cool. Yeah, because I I think it would it would ruin your textural experience. But hot and fresh, it was pretty darn good. Well, I think I mean yeah, and that red sauce I'd, I'd eat cold with a spoon would be right. would be fine. Right. I hope you've been enjoying our show as we talk about Malara's Italian Restaurant at twenty one twenty three Pierce Street in Omaha. 
Recording this episode made TJ hungry, and we hope you're hungry for more as we head to these messages. So hang on to your fork, stay right where you are, and Fatterday Omaha will be right back. Stay hungry. Welcome back to Fatterday Omaha. Dave Zorko here, and today TJ and I are talking all about the food at Malara's Italian Restaurant at 2123 Pierce Street in Omaha. Let's get on to the show here on Fatterday Omaha. Let's travel over to one of my uh, two main dishes that I got, and that was the lasagna. And if you take a look at Malara's website and their photo of the lasagna, you can see multiple, multiple layers of thinner pasta. And I have to say that it is a picture that would likely make you hungry just by looking at it. It's that good. So I wanted to give the lasagna a try. I don't believe before this uh, foray here into Millar's that I have had the lasagna before. I have a hard time not getting the spaghetti and meatballs or something similar because it's a simple dish executed very well, and I really, really look forward to eating it. Um, but with uh, with this adventure here, I, I did go with the lasagna. And I, I will give you the, the pros and cons of the lasagna. One is, is that I think that they did a great job of that photo that you look at and the pasta that shows up within the lasagna is is as advertised. And I really appreciate that. Uh, I like all types of pasta. If it's, you know, if it's dried, if it's fresh, whatever, it's, it's good. But you know, the Malara's pasta is definitely a feature within here that is important. And the uh, the the layers, there were a lot of layers of pasta. A good healthy scoop of that Malara's sauce on top with some nice melted mozzarella there as well. And a good heavy chunk of uh, food here <laughs> for, for anyone. One thing about the filling, TJ was mentioning the filling being a little bit more mild in the uh, tortellini. Danelle and I were both talking about something uh, similar here regarding the, the beef. The, the beef that is within, or the meat mixture that's within the lasagna, to me, is pretty much straight ground beef. Uh, there wasn't a lot of, I expected a uh, an herbal note, uh, you know, in a, if somebody were to say Italian seasoning or herbs or, or basil or something along those lines, maybe even a little parm in there. Um, I didn't detect a lot of that. It was it was pretty much just a straight ground beef between the layers of pasta. So I kind of wanted to set the stage there for if you are ordering that lasagna, expect that. It is noodles with ground beef and sauce and mozz. Now, the construction of the lasagna Excellent layers, excellent. That pasta, obviously, uh, Malara's knows what they're doing for their pasta, and that sauce is is very bright. So if I had to, um, for myself, and and I don't want to uh, move any uh, flavor dials for Malara's diehards because somebody's gonna be like, why did you change the lasagna? For me personally, I could have used just a little more flavor on that filling to bring it to where I personally would like the lasagna. So just kind of setting the stage there for the construction thereof on that dish. Indeed. So I probably should get to the other thing that I had though too, because for once out of both of these trips, I did not get the spaghetti and meatballs. Oh no, TJ, but I did get the sauce and I did get the spaghetti noodles and I sort of got a meatball, but I went with something that I have not had before and I thought I would get this time. So the nice part about this is TJ is 
it not being the typical spaghetti and meatballs that I often get, I did go with something different, and that's the pasta bracioli. And I may be pronouncing that wrong. Feel free to uh, send me a uh, note and let me know precisely how it is. However, uh, I'm going to read the description here because this will help out. Choice of pasta covered with our Millar's red sauce and meatball patty rolled around in seasoned bacon stuffing. Um, I got the half order. Half order runs $15.99. You get a very, very decently sized plate of pasta with that delicious sauce. And of course, the aforementioned iceberg lettuce and Millar's dressing salad roll. And then you get one gigantic bacon stuffing ensconced meatball. This thing was huge. This was my first trip in. The lasagna was actually the one that I got to go. I ate uh, the pasta and bracioli in, dine-in. And this by itself, you could put this on a bun, and it would just be a delicious bacon-enhanced hamburger. It was good. It had a lot of flavor. Uh, obviously, the bacon helping it out there uh, significantly, I assume. But this is a good size. I'm not sure how big the meatballs that you got were, TJ, on your on your plate of pasta. But this this was like two, I think, standard meatballs kind of slammed together. This was left me wanting for nothing. It was so enjoyable to eat because you could eat this brascioli by itself. You could have it with the pasta. Combine it with sauce. You could take a little forkful off of it, however you wanted to to do. The consistency, as you were talking with the the meatballs, this is just very enjoyable to eat. Um, dryness is not allowed in there. I'm sure the the fat from the bacon helps keep things a, a little bit moist. I would think, and it is just good. Uh, more of an oblong shape versus a perfect um, carnivorous. Uh, spheroid. Uh, <laughs> so this is a little bit different. But my goodness, man, between the, the bacon, the beef, uh, and the umami flavor, the pop of that sauce with the pasta, all of these things together made this an insanely satisfying plate. And I, I may have found... Yeah, I may have found a new standard dish at Malara's. It may not be the pasta and meatballs anymore. It it might be the, the pasta and, and bracioli because, wow, this is just, it's a significant dish. Kind of a game changer in the, the world of, of general meatballs, TJ. It was really, really good. Dave here, dropping in to let you know that we are talking about Malara's Italian Restaurant at 2123 Pier Street in Omaha. Fun fact, after we recorded this, TJ and I made over three pounds of cheese and mushroom blintz filling. How's that for a non sequitur? Now let's get back to the show. What else did you have? Well, first of all, I know I would serve under the command of General Meatballs. <laughs> Secondly, uh, the last on the list of dishes is yes. the pasta carbonara. And Dave, I spent quite some time praising an iceberg salad. You did? You did. Now I'm going to tell you about... Pasta carbonara, the delicious handmade. I got the spaghetti uh -huh. for this option. Um, so, uh, delicious handmade spaghetti in a butter garlic sauce with uh, prosciutto, yeah, bacon, uh huh, green onions, ooh, and chopped eggs. Yeah. So all these things together, all these these fine ingredients. Yes. I didn't care for it, Dave. What? What? Um, <laughs> what? It, it, it was okay. Okay. And and I'm kind of 
I, I knew what I was getting into. Like I had a, a vision in my head yeah. when I ordered pasta carbonara, reading the description, what was in it, what was going on. I had an idea of what was going to come to me. And lo and behold, I did get pretty much exactly what I was expecting. Okay. Um, there is something about prosciutto and ham and bacon that are not uh, fried very hard. They're just kind of kind of lightly cooked. I mean, obviously okay. cooked through. Sure. Um, not the the bacon was not fully crisp, which it's not really supposed to be here. Uh-huh. But there's something about that lack of caramelization and the combination of smokes. And granted, it can vary from from bacon to bacon and okay. ham. But there's something about it that's a little hydrocarbony to my nose. Oh. And that is any combination of bacon and ham that is not fried very hard. For some reason, I just kind of, especially in a, in a light butter sauce like this, yeah, I, I noticed that. And then, of course, you got the egg, so there's there's a hint of sulfur compound there. So there's there's just a little oh, bit of that at the top. Not unpleasant, sure, but it's it's something that I'm aware of, and I know uh, the the aroma is nice enough. Yeah. But the flavor is going to be far better. I, I am okay. aware of that going in, so that is exactly what happened. And at the table, it was, again, decent. Just okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I had two delicious things and very sizable delicious things in those half orders. Right. Um, including, by the way, you uh, you mentioned the meatball. Uh this this eat was actually a little while ago now, uh-huh. so uh, I don't don't fully trust to memory, but I would say roughly a tennis ball sized meatball. Oh, goodness. pretty pretty good That's size, a big little little guy. Okay, um, so I I had that that tasty tasty sizable meatball and that big plate of pasta marinara, and I had the tortellini. Yeah. So this was the least appealing option. If I had ordered it on its own and had that with the salad and the roll, I would not be sad. Okay. Uh, do not be under the illusion that I didn't like it. Got you. But uh, of again, the three, uh, of the three, least enjoyable. And I think if I was getting one thing, I'd be okay with this. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't order it as certainly not as my go-to. Okay. And it was the thing I set aside also because butter garlic sauce. The other two sauces uh, have enough actual liquid involved in them that uh-huh. they are going to saturate. They're going to uh, soak into the pasta when carried. So since I intended to leave a little bit behind to eat for later, uh-huh. I left the pasta carbonara and boxed it up and, uh, you know, made my, my farewells and paid the check uh-huh. and, and threw it in the fridge. Uh-huh. And then, Dave, I took this pasta carbonara that was just okay uh-huh. and I microwaved it. Uh-huh. And the sauce broke a little bit. Okay. And it was really good. <laughs> like crazy good. I don't what? know exactly why the change, if if what? the bacon and prosciutto had a little time to kind of meld into huh. everything else. I think I noticed the garlic a little bit more for reasons that are not totally known to me. Whoa. But... But I put this very okay dish in a plastic container and microwaved it, and it was absolutely delicious. I could not tell you exactly why. Um, So ordering in, (laughs) I I would still go with the others, but I will tell you, pasta ship's okay, but it's going to suffer a little bit in the transport, like anything will. Yeah. Um, Chef Piero Cotrina of of WD Cravings does some sort of takeout engineering to make that pasta ship, and you do have to make 
special considerations for I'm going to put this in the box and take it out the door. Sure. If you're not working with that in mind, it will certainly degrade in quality, and it's going to somewhat, no matter what you do. Sure. Uh, but there are considerations to be made, whereas if you take something that's delicious in the restaurant, put it in the box and ship it, it's not going to be quite as good. So if I am ordering out or I know I'm going to order it and take it home, yeah, I'm eating the, the pasta marinara, I'm eating the tortellini, I'm eating just about anything they serve in is preferable. Okay. But so help me. If I'm ordering takeout, <laughs> I'm getting the carbonara. There's just something about it, even reheated. Huh. It's And maybe it's the, the sheer durability of pasta that instead of, you know, a, 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 a partially water-based sauce is pretty much just coated in butter. That's, that's going to reheat up a lot nicer. But something about it melded, something about it worked. So the two things at the table, the tortellini and the, the pasta marinara, delicious. Uh, the carbonara is slightly underwhelming there, but note if I'm doing takeout, I, I think that's, it's a good thing to know. And I would, I would look for other things kind of in that class of foods. Uh-huh. Cause I, I, I got the impression that especially, uh, post the thing that shall not be named in 2020, that they do, uh, advertise their, their takeout, their, uh, restaurant pickup type service, yeah. um, uh, certainly, they emphasize it a little bit more than they did, and I think if you are to uh, to go in that vein, this is a a nice thing to know about. Well, TJ, I'm glad that uh, I I really <laughs> I I didn't know how that was going to go. I'm like, are we gonna are we gonna end on like a down slope? And then there was the surprise twist ending of oh, and by the way, it's awesome. Just just get it. At- Take it home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all, all you got to do is take it home and ruin it, and then somehow it's delicious. I, wow! So, so that works. Okay. Well, we better get into the wrap up so we can we can do said wrapping and said upping. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about some hooks and hints on on Millar's and, and a little bit in our wrap up here. For me, the the hook again it's it's an Omaha staple and a delicious one at that. I think that handmade pasta that is all their own, the sauce that is all their own, the mozzarella sticks that are just so unique to Millar's, I think there's a lot going on to uh, to provide a hook for one to be like, why should I go there? And, and for heaven's sakes, TJ was talking at one point in the episode about that friend that you haven't talked to in a while that you really like and you, you really enjoy him and, you know, give that friend a call because because you might need to do that. Uh, but TJ, would you like to add any additional hooks to our wrap-up here before we talk about uh, some hints? The hook and the hint for me are kind of the same thing. This is, it's not that that crazy flavor. I'm not going to say it's not big flavors because certainly, again, that, pasta that tomato flavor is oh, yeah. serious business. It's very much a tomato flavor with some some urban and spice things happening as well. But it is first and foremost a good, solid, rich tomato sauce. Yeah. The the pasta is handmade. It's not uh, uh some sort of artisan organic zoodle or or some uh gluten free half garlic uh strange imported flavor. Like there's not a whole lot of of very unusual things happening here. It's a really good pasta uh-huh. and a really good sauce. It it's not. Hmm. TJ is trying to wrap his head around. It doesn't have that trendiness to it. 
it ah. is it is an old time uh uh good solid Italian meal. There you go. And darn it, sometimes I want a good solid Italian meal. Something that honestly I feel is uh not as prevalent as it should be. I don't have as many options in that vein. And this is this is, as I have said uh, said before, and perhaps belabored the phrase, a good example of, of itself. I want a nice plate of spaghetti and meatballs and a warm dinner roll. This is this is great comfort food. If you go in expecting some sort of oddity, uh, uh, you know, again for for like venison or Mister C's that that. Strong anise sauce for me was a big, strong selling point. Mm -hmm. This is, across the board, just a really good example of what it is. It's a nice, tasty, warm plate of pasta. It it gives me the happiness. Not, not you know, it's not uh, not doing flips and twists and, uh, and juggling chainsaws. Mm -hmm. It's just a nice friend that comes over to have a little conversation over, over tea or, or coffee or something. It's it's a good standby, and that is both the the hint is is don't go in expecting wild and wacky things. It is well made, homemade, scratch made food. Yes, yes, and I I think uh, getting you know to to my hint, but uh, also the hook somewhere in there too. Just that you know I think that's it. My dine in experience was very comforting. I left a very happy person. Both my taste buds. The pricing with the, the half-size order is really nice, and it's just a comfortable place to be and and comfortable food to eat that is very enjoyable. So I, I think you summed it up very well. I think from our dishes that we talked about today, the uh, chicken and spinach tortellini and the pasta brassioli, and then, of course, just the pasta and meatballs um, might be your focus dining in, the uh, carbonara going out. The lasagna, I may have to give a, a, a second try, maybe a dine-in maneuver on my lasagna next time. And as we said, the, the mozzarella sticks, uh, just give them a try at least once because they're just all their own. Yeah, I've never had them before, and now I really need oh. one. That, that description oh, I'm is, sorry, TJ. Is, is, <laughs> yeah, TJ's going to have to go out and, and deal with this. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I and I, I think, you know, even if you just start with that spaghetti and meatballs as your entry uh, to Millar's, I, I think you'll get that, as you said, TJ, a, a, an Italian classic-type meal um, with not a lot of frills but a whole lot of care. And I think that's probably what Millaris is doing, and they they do it well, and they've been doing it well. So thank you for listening to our episode here on Saturday Omaha, where we are talking about Malara's Italian restaurant. So um, I'm Dave. I'm TJ. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. <laughs>